choir does these beautiful pieces, sometimes I just want to leave it right there. Thus endeth the sermon. But let me begin by sharing this passage on the workings of the human heart. The vital spirit has its origin in the left ventricle of the heart, and the lungs contribute mostly to its production. It is produced in the lungs when the air inhaled is combined with the elaborated, subtle blood that the right ventricle of the heart transmits to the left. But this communication does not take place through the middle wall of the heart, as it is usually believed, but rather by means of a great contrivance, the subtle blood is pumped forward from the right ventricle of the heart to a large circuit through the lungs. In the lungs, blood is elaborated and becomes red, and it is transfused from the pulmonary artery to the pulmonary vein. Later, in the same pulmonary vein, it mingles with the air inspired, and through expiration, it is purified again of the dark vapors. Thus, not only air is sent from the lungs to the heart, but air mixed with blood through the pulmonary artery. Therefore, the mixture takes place in the lungs the red color is given to it in the lungs and not in the heart. This, I am told, is a fairly accurate description of pulmonary circulation. What makes it particularly special is that it is the very first known description of pulmonary circulation from a European contained in a book published in 1553. And yet the discovery was ignored at the time and remained largely unknown for many years thereafter. What makes it fascinating is that it was contained within a theological work entitled The Restoration of Christianity by one of the great heroes of our Unitarian heritage, Michael Servetus. What makes it tragic is that this book was considered so dangerous to church leaders at the time that not only were most copies of the book seized and destroyed, but Servetus himself, with a copy of the book lashed to his arm, was burned alive. And what makes it relevant to today's sermon what makes it relevant for me is not only Servetus's insightful and groundbreaking examination of the heart, he was a physician as well as a theologian, not only his insight into the actual workings of the heart and the circulatory system, but what I would describe as his wholeheartedness. What made him insert this scientific breakthrough, this huge medical discovery, into a theological text? Because for Servetus, there was no separation. As a son of the Renaissance, Servetus considered that theology, medicine, philosophy, and the rest of sciences were not separated compartments, but interrelated sciences that allowed people to understand the universe as a whole, writes Sergio Baches Opi of the Michael Servetus Institute. 
You see, Servetus was committed to medicine, indeed became a doctor because he was interested in life. He was committed to theology, wrote weighty theological texts, and dared to challenge one of the most powerful religious leaders of the time, John Calvin. He did that because he was interested in life. He was committed to science and all that could be learned about the world through observation because he was interested in life. A question in one field could easily lead him to find an answer in another. An answer in one area could easily lead to a question in another. Take Servetus' research into the workings of the heart, for example, and again from Baches Opi. According to the biblical tradition, the soul was infused by God into man's nostrils through the breathing. Since the breathing has the purpose of purifying the blood, Servetus understood why the Hebrew tradition postulates that the soul is in the blood. Servetus thought that if the soul is in the blood, the best way to understand its journey through the human body was to study the blood circulation. Now, for all of Servetus' 16th century phrases and theological speculation that we may find hard to comprehend, or care much about from this 21st century standpoint, there is this great exuberance that shines through his work, a passion for learning, an engagement with all that life holds. Servetus, for me, displayed a wholehearted commitment to a free and responsible search for truth and meaning, one that would employ all the avenues of discovery that were available to him. And that is precisely what I found so attractive about Unitarian Universalism itself when I first came to learn about it. When I attended my first services, all of life is welcome here. Religious exploration has no preset boundaries, no areas blocked off, no do not enter signs posted. Science sits alongside scripture. Liturgy can often include literature, anything from Dr. Faustus to Dr. Seuss, from King Lear to Stephen King. Becoming a Unitarian Universalist, I was able to start putting pieces of my life together. Now, I don't mean that my life had been shattered, but it felt like it was holding an assortment of disconnected pieces. They didn't seem to fit together, and they certainly didn't seem to fit in church. But suddenly, in a Unitarian Universalist congregation, they began to fit. There was no hard line between the sacred and the secular. There was no disconnect between Sunday and Monday. Nothing in my experience was closed to thoughtful reflection and engagement. No part of my life was unworthy of bringing my best self to it. I was encouraged to engage life wholeheartedly. Our whole lives is the name of the lifespan sexual education curricula that we teach here that is presently being taught for kindergarten to first grade. And it could also be used to describe the raw material for our religious exploration. 
the content of our community, the focus for our services and workshops and conversations, our whole lives, our whole selves, our minds and bodies and spirits and our mishmash hearts. You do not have to leave your intellect or your emotions behind to be here. You don't have to let go of the questions you hold or set aside the answers you've found. You don't have to act like you feel good and strong and certain all the time. You don't have to pretend you're not spiritual or make believe that you are. You don't have to hide your joy or sorrow or perspective or experience to fit in. You can claim your interests and passions. You can own up to your quirks. You can work to be more fully and bravely who you are in a community of people engaging the very same work, each in our own unique way, yet united in common practice as expressed in our principles and our covenant. Practice patience, compassion, and empathy. Listen deeply. Speak truthfully. Be honest and authentic. When we are authentic, expressing our warmth and light in all directions, we cause things around us to grow and the roots of community lengthen, writes Mark Nepo. In this way, by being who we are, we not only experience life in all its vitality, but quite innocently and without design, we help others be more thoroughly themselves. You can be anybody you want to be. You can love whomever you will. In an age of increasing compartmentalization where we are taught to present an appropriate face for each of the various situations we encounter, our congregation is unique in inviting people to bring their whole selves. Here, you need not hide nor pretend nor be anything other than who you really are and who you are called to be. And we can reach out to understand as best we can from the whole of life. We can bring reverence even to the most seemingly mundane routines. We can find new depths in what first appear to be the shallowest pools of the day to day. There is possibility in every moment when we approach it wholeheartedly. We say, along with Unitarian minister Theodore Parker, BR is a religion which, like sunshine, goes everywhere. It's temple, all space. It's shrine, the good heart. It's creed, all truth. It's ritual, works of love. It's profession of faith, divine living. Unitarian Universalism, because it welcomes the world into the sanctuary, Help me find sanctuary within the world. Everything is holy now, if I can but learn how to see it. I have stepped into the stream of a religious tradition that at its best, like sunshine, goes everywhere. And I know that when we, like little sons, express the light of who we are, we emanate what Jesus and so many others have called love and what Buddha and so many others have called compassion. And the roots of community lengthen. 
The early 20th century naturalist Robert Lloyd Prager wrote that he walked over all of Ireland, quote, with reverent feet, stopping often, watching closely, listening carefully. It reminds me of Mary Oliver's instructions for living a life shared with us by the poets in last week's service. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. Though I can easily fall into a distracted state and my mind can wander a million miles away from where I am at times, Unitarian Universalism helps me in my attempt to bring my focus back to what is right here before me. To walk the world with reverent feet, stopping often, watching closely, listening carefully, and sharing what I find. To be human is to listen to the rest of the world with a tender heart, writes Sister Joan Chittister. To learn to live life with our arms open and our souls seared with a sense of responsibility for everything that is. To listen to the rest of the world with tender hearts. To listen with mishmash hearts to a mishmash world. With mishmash hearts that are whole hearts. Nevertheless, to a mishmash world that is one world, nevertheless, that is our world, whole and holy, no matter the glue and the wrinkles and the rips and the crinkles, where fear and greed make many holes, but where our hearts hear a different call. I get to practice wholeheartedness here on those days when I am feeling holy, And more importantly, on those days when I am not. I am reminded that I can bring my whole self with me on those days when I experience peace and serenity within. And more importantly, on those days when I do not. I am made aware that wholeness does not require an unblemished surface nor a perfect shape, but rather an honest acceptance of the mishmash swirl of experience and reflection, and sorrow, and joy, and loneliness, and connection, and struggle, and awareness, with an eye toward compassion for myself, and for you, and for this mishmash world that we share. So in this moment, join with me again in the spirit of reflection and meditation. Forget about enlightenment. Listen to the wind that is singing in your veins. Take just a moment to feel the longing, the fear, the love in your bones. Open your heart to who you are right now. Not who you'd like to be. Not the saint you're striving to become. But the being right here before you, inside you. All of you is holy.
You're already more and less than whatever you can know. Breathe in. Breathe out. Look in. And return to this time and this place and these people. Noticing in the words of Annie Dillard the beautiful faces and complex natures that surround you. The unique wonder of each like the flowers that filled this space two Sundays ago in our flower communion. This congregation is us. We are this church. We are its hands, its heart, its voice. If you have found comfort here, if you have found challenge, if you have found warmth and understanding, if you have found a loving community, a vibrant congregation, a sense of belonging, thank the people next to you. This, what we have here, is not provided to you courtesy of some outside organization. We are not a subsidiary, nor a byproduct, nor an afterthought. We are grateful children of our liberal religious heritage, proud keepers of the living tradition of Unitarian Universalism, in intentional association with Unitarian Universalist congregations across this country and around the world committed to carrying on that tradition and grounded in that understanding, we know that what we create from these choices, the inspiration, the engagement with the wider community, these relationships, what we make happen here finally does not come from the top down or from a central office or from anywhere else but right here. What we offer in this congregation is provided by the people, the people who have been here, we who are here, the people who will be here offering presence, participation, and financial gifts, bringing ourselves, our whole selves, to the tasks at hand, honoring connections which we recognize exist in spite of us, but which can be deepened and celebrated because of us. bringing our whole selves, bodies, minds, spirits, mishmash hearts, wrinkled, haphazard, raggedy, stunningly beautiful hearts, courageously attempting that which has been called love and compassion and justice and mercy, hearts joining in wholehearted commitment, recognizing the beauty in each, reaching toward the well-being of all. Our world is one world. What touches one affects us all. And the only real measure of our words and deeds will be the love we leave behind when we're done.